And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very nasty, demonic-sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. And this is going to be the Bonkers podcast because... Yes, it is. Neither one of us are apparently (laughs) sleeping, and we were just having a brief conversation before we even started the podcast, and I was like, wait, we need to be recording this because we're not making a bit of sense right now. (laughs) No, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on right now. I don't understand anything anymore. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I'm only getting... Last night, I think I got a combined three and a half hours of sleep, and I don't know why uh, honestly yeah. I do read a lot of ghost stories and sometimes that's what keeps me up but that hasn't been it lately it's like my body has forgotten how to sleep right then all the freaking lawnmowers get started at 7 30 <laughs> so I can't sleep in how are you doing this though because what time do you get up at so I got up this morning at like 4 30 ish or whatever yeah because we start the show at five so yeah. it's fine because I'm rolling out of bed and then going right into work or whatever but working from home is just so strange and it's like, okay, now I'm very aware that I have a job and it's not as fun from home. <laughs> Is that weird? That It should be fun from home, right? It's not. You know, when you go to work, you have your whole other work world and your work friends. And the Time seems to go so slow when you work from home. It's weird. I don't know how to describe it. So um, what do we got coming up? So we've actually got another Glitch in the Matrix story. So this one's even crazier. And then we're going to hear all about a haunted university theater department that might actually be a portal to us. <laughs> we're also going to revisit podcast favorite Bobby Mack. Was he season Whoa! Yeah, season one or season two? Do you remember? I don't remember. I just remember he cussed all over the place, couldn't keep it clean, and we thought he was messing with us. And he ended up being like a podcast darling. Everybody loves Bobby yes. Mack. We have shared He's his hilarious. video of him telling the story about trying to get it on with his girlfriend <laughs> and ghosts are messing with them. So we're going to check in. Can't uh, wait. Also, we're going to talk to Jason Hawes. I got my fingers crossed that this is actually going to happen. He can only talk while Rebecca's at work. So I'm going to interview this guy on my own and then we'll share that a little bit later. But the new Ghost Nation TV show on the Travel Channel mm-hmm. is coming back and I just watched the first episode of The Witching Tree and it was Ooh. scary as hell. Like it's legitimately fantastic. That's awesome. So yeah. I can't wait to watch. Fingers crossed we're going to also talk to Jason Hawes. Be sure to drop by hauntedaf.com. We got t-shirts, sweatshirts, and thank you Kelly for finally letting us share your picture in our red t-shirt. By the way, why is he in the attic in that picture? He told me that he was <laughs> taking measurements for something. No idea what that meant. So there, there was a reason. <laughs> and then of course you got to make sure you look through all of our blogs and we actually did this cool collaboration with Tiny Horrors oh, and there's these fun. little short stories, like a two sentence short horror stories and we read a couple of those and they're really funny. We, you can find those on our YouTube page as well. We actually have more that we're posting on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook so please follow us on all of our social medias. We also got our first patron on the Haunted AF Patreon page. Yay! It's Hillary Davis, who's actually been a supporter of the podcast for a while. She sent us multiple stories. She even went to Cane Rosa with her kids after we talked about the haunted Cane Rosa in Carrollton. Oh, fun! 
good. Yeah, so you can support the podcast. It's a cheap, easy, fun way. Go to patreon.com and search for Haunted AF. We have exclusive content there. We have an entire library of isolated stories, so you don't have to scroll through the podcast to find your favorite stories. We're going to share interviews and letters before we share them on the podcast. It's just a really great place to go and find all of your Haunted AF content, and it's super cheap. But Hillary did share a little story with us. She says, this is a quickie. My dad died of lung cancer in 2005. When I was visiting him in the hospital before he passed away, he reached out and asked if he could hold my hand. As I was holding his hand, he jokingly sang the Beatles song, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Okay, fast forward to now. The other day, my 17-year-old son just starts randomly singing that song out loud in the house. Uh, Because A, he's 17, and the Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand, is not on a typical kid's playlist these days. And B, my son is not a sing-out-loud kind of person. I didn't even know that he knew that song. Anyway, I like to think of it as my dad saying hello to us. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that is wonderful. I love that. And you know, I had something similar happen with my daughter in the car recently. I was Uh telling her how my mom and I, whenever we would take road trips together, the first thing we'd do before getting on the highway is go by Mrs. Winters and get a chicken biscuit and a Diet Coke before we got on the highway. (laughs) And we were laughing about that. And then a couple seconds later, my daughter out of nowhere starts singing Paul Simon's You Can Call Me Out. Remember? I can call you. Uh She starts singing that song. And like my mom and I burned a hole in that whole disc when we would road trip for years and years. Yes, specifically call me out. And I just stopped and looked at her and I'm like, why are you singing that? And she said, I don't know. And I said, Emma, that's that's the the CD. That's the song that we sang. Your mom totally was like giving her that. I think people call those God winks when you have those moments where you're like, what was that? Thank you, Hillary. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. All right, let's see if we can get Bobby Mac on the phone. What up? Yay! What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? How you doing? Man, I am trying to stay focused on this goddamn lockdown, dude. What do you do for a living, anyhow? I never revealed this, so this is going to be a haunted AF. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a fucking exclusive. Okay, <laughs> so I'm actually a teacher. <laughs> no freaking way! Yeah, actually, I teach middle school. Um, <laughs> I just have to ask, we can believe it. Where do you teach middle school at, and what subject? Okay, so I teach reading and writing English, and I teach <laughs> here in San Antonio at the middle school. That's amazing. Do you teach them how to drop F-bombs into their paper? <laughs> you know, okay, you know what's so funny about that is that, <laughs> like, if you look at me in my professional setting and around my son, I don't cuss at all. I'm very, very professional at work, but as soon as I can get in my truck and get the out of there oh my god dude. i get that i'm kind of the same way because it's like i, I can't I think I am too. yeah especially you because you can't say it on the radio i can't right. say it around my kids that just makes it even more delicious when you can that's why like on my podcast i just let loose as a matter of fact i started a new series on my podcast called for breakfast <laughs> And what it is, is I've been interviewing women about dating. In all this time, we never once found out what your podcast was called. We've never promoted it. And I feel horrible for that. So please, what is your podcast and where can everyone find okay. it? So you can find me on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google. It don't matter. But if you just go and you search the Bobby Mac Jumbo XL podcast, you can hear all the crazy shit that goes on. So I do stand up. That's like my second job. Do you ever tour? 
tour? Like, uh, do you have a website where people can find where you're touring? You know, as a matter of fact, uh, right before this happened, the last spot I, I had, I was in Corpus Christi and I was just about to start like my Southwest tour. I was going to go from Corpus. I was going to do the Paramount Theater in Austin. Oh, um, wow. And then I was going to head over to Tempe and then Scottsdale. And then from Scottsdale, I was going to head out to Burbank. Uh, but then, of course, all this shit happened. Yeah. So it's been all right. I get to spend time with my son and he's two years old. And, oh. you know, oh, he is great. I love this little boy. <laughs> I never thought that I can just be so in love with them. And we're actually going to be officially adopting him because he, uh, yeah, because my wife and I were actually fostering to adopt and we're going to be officially adopting him at the end of next month. Oh, congratulations! Bobby, that's wonderful! That is so great! See, it's not all just and I do great <laughs> stuff here too. Oh, yeah, you know? well, you're also a nice person! <laughs> and you know what's funny? I was actually doing an open mic and I had somebody come up to me and they told me that they heard me on your podcast. <gasps> what? Yeah. I was going to no ask. Way. I was going to yeah. ask if you ever had any feedback from the podcast. I did. Man, I got emails like, so I usually get, I would say probably in a week, I probably get around maybe about like 100 emails yeah. around there. Well, after I did the podcast, within a couple of days, I got like 300 emails and they were all like, you know, oh, wow, is, is that story true? Did you ever see and, you know, like all those things. <laughs> yes, the important follow up there. Did yeah, you ever yeah. get it? My listeners, and you know what? This is a shout out to my listeners. They are some <laughs> savages, man. They are <laughs> savages. Wait, you have not answered the question. Did you yeah, ever, did you? you know, seal the deal? Oh, later on, yeah, I did in her dad's van, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I was um, going to say, you had to move elsewhere because the house was too haunted to go back yeah. to, right? Yeah, oh just, yeah. Speaking of uh, haunted, my brother in law recently, and I mean recently, last year he passed away oh i'm so sorry uh, he was 31 years old he got into some bad stuff well the house that my in-laws live in because he lived there and i am not kidding it's so crazy we had gone there for thanksgiving this past year and my wife was going to the restroom there's nobody else in the house it's me my wife and my in-laws we're waiting for everyone else to get there right. and as she's going to the bathroom i hear her she didn't scream she like yelled and i was like what the hell so i get up and she goes i literally saw somebody something walk into the back room which is the room he stayed in wow and then my in-laws would make little comments like they can kind of feel something in the house they kind of notice doors would creak open a little bit and they would feel something weird in the house but now they said that they don't feel it anymore so he probably moved on wow. but i mean i never saw it personally but my wife she's a pretty honest person she tells me all kind of honest shit all the time like i earlier i mean i don't know whatever <laughs> Well, Bobby, we've made jokes in the past about how when we very first started talking to you, we kind of thought we yes. were being punked, that it was just yep. going to be like somebody coming on to tell the dirtiest possible story they could tell just to see if they could get away with it. And then like 30 seconds in, we were in love with you. And that's still one of our <laughs> favorite segments. Just keep in touch when this is over with and you do get to go on tour. Please let us know so we can share all your dates and where you're going. And man, thank you so much for keeping in touch and checking back in with us. It's so good to hear from you. Hey, if you ever do a show in Dallas, let us know. We'll come see it. You know what? As a matter of fact, I was going to stop at Hyenas, I think it's yes! called. Oh, yeah. Yes, we know we hyenas. Hyenas. yes. That'd be cool, man. If we can do that. We'll go to a haunted pizza joint and drink some wine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Once we get on the other 
side of this quarantine, it's happening. And we will oh, overlap at your show if you need us oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're good at that. <laughs> Sweet, that's good, man. That's awesome. Real quick, we got to send big thank yous to Brittany, who shared her Bishop Hill, Illinois story last week. That kind of blew up. Did you see yeah. that on Facebook? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, it was crazy. So we got all this love from these people in the little town of Bishop Hill. Thank you to everyone who has reached out from there. We're going to talk to Brian Fox Ellis in a couple of weeks. His home was actually used as a hospital for Civil War soldiers. Yeah. What? Yeah, and he conducts like history tours uh, in Bishop Hill. We also heard from Glenda, who runs the Colony Store there. She says, quote, we have all kinds of things happening from music playing, things flying off shelves, cupboards opening, footsteps to apparitions, but nothing very ominous. Okay, why do people not think cupboards opening and things flying off shelves is not ominous? That's ominous. So Rebecca's got a story for us. This email comes from Kelly. While waiting for my apartment to be ready for me to move in, my friend said I could stay with him and his kids. He worked nights, I worked days, so it worked out perfectly for us. I got a free place to stay and he got a babysitter at night while he was working. He had two boys, one was eight, the other was three, and the little one always reminded me of Gage from Pet Cemetery. so yeah, kind of creeped me out. One night, only the little guy was home, so I went into his bedroom to get him some pajamas. From his room, you could see straight into the living room where he was watching Spongebob. Now, I was looking at him the entire time when I heard someone whisper, Kelly, in my ear. I could feel the breath. My hair even moved. I was totally freaked out because I knew it was just me and the little guy there, and he was sitting in the exact same place. So I texted my friend and I told him what happened. Of course, he laughed and said, I've lived there for over a year. Nothing has ever happened. You're losing it, dude. Hell, I thought I was losing it, too. But I know what I heard. Flash forward to the next time I was watching the little guy. I was sitting on the couch while he played with his truck on the floor in front of me. He's rolling the truck back and forth. And then all of a sudden he froze and stared into his bedroom. Yes, that very same bedroom where I heard the whisper and whispered, there's something scary in there. Of course, I'm freaking the f*** out. But again, nobody believed me. A couple of weeks later, I'm watching him. He's spinning in circles in the kitchen. and All of a sudden, he stopped and started whispering. I couldn't make out what he was saying, so I just asked him, what are you doing? He says, I'm talking to my friend. Needless to say, I called his dad, told him to get home, left, and have never gone back. You guys are awesome. Love the podcast. Thanks, Kelly. So our next email comes from someone who wants to remain anonymous. So I'm going to call her Andy. Yeah, she says, I attended Humboldt State in California with a lovely campus in a beautiful area. That being said, the theater building was creepy as f***. It had these steep stairways, long, dark hallways that tended to echo, creepy corners, trick doors, and the jankiest elevator I have ever been on. Shows, rehearsals, and performances tended to last pretty late, and since I had keys to different rooms, I would make myself available to everyone. Those were the creepiest experiences because the halls are even darker at night and even more vacant when people are gone, and really cold because they turn off the heat. Well, there are these storage rooms on the higher levels that we needed to access, which required navigating the dark halls, and one in particular was the shoe room. Different shoes of various sizes and styles were up there, as well as special costume pieces. This room is by far the scariest room I've ever been in, and it's difficult to explain why. It's several degrees colder in there, but there's just this feeling you get when you walk in. It's like animal instincts kick in and your adrenaline starts going. All I know is my fight-or-flight reflexes will start kicking in, and they told me to get the hell out of there. The first Mm -hmm. time I went into this room, I swear I saw shadows move, shuffle behind the clothing like further in or move along the back hall. I think there was a small 
window or opening in the back. Whatever it was, it was small and high up, but I swear it's where the shadows hid. Once when I was leaving, I felt something touch my shoulder and it sent shivers down my spine. It was faint as if someone was either trying to say goodbye or urge me out of there. I was furthest back in the room, but I still double checked behind me and nothing was there naturally. I was pretty dazed afterwards and I felt tired, like I just physically exerted myself. My boss noticed my attitude shift when I got back and asked if I was okay. I tried to subtly ask her about the room upstairs because it was giving me weird vibes. She didn't skip a beat though and said, oh, there's a vortex up there. It was such an unexpected answer because she's pretty religious. She explained that there are certain energies beyond human perception and that a vortex is a high concentration of one. Sometimes horrible events can lead to one or sometimes strong emotions attached to a space. Sometimes it could just be based on location like polarity or magnetic lines or something. I don't fully understand that concept, but there were bad vibes in there, like something dark and twisted happened in that room and you could feel it when you walked through the door. Because of all the weirdness with the shadows, I started asking other students about it. I talked to roughly 20 20 students and about two supervisors, and they all said that something was wrong with that room. So uh, Andy isn't there right now, clearly because of the quarantine. She says she's going to go back afterwards and take some pictures for us. Ooh, cool. Yeah, but I Googled this Humboldt University Theater Department, and the first thing that came up was a story about a big bus crash from the university in 2014. And I don't know if it was the theater department, but 10 people died in this bus crash. And I asked Andy, I'm like, were you there? She said, no, that happened before my time. So I have no idea if there's any connection to that. I just wanted to see this shoe room. I'm like, oh, I need pictures well, yeah. of this. But I Googled it and that was the very first thing that came up was this creepy story about this bus crash. If you have any information about this university or the theater department or please pictures of the shoe room, please send them to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. This next story is from Jordan. I love scary movies, so my friends and I decided to watch at least two scary movies a week for the month of October. One night we were watching The Conjuring. The part with the witch on top of the dresser really scared us. Once the movie was over, I headed to bed, did a little reading, had the lights on, everything. And that's when the solid wood dresser on the other side of the room tipped completely over. There was absolutely no reason for that to happen. It has never happened before. And it hasn't happened since. Okay, now this story comes from Court. And thank you, Court, because she actually included pictures with this. She says, Hi, friends. I hope everyone's staying safe and mostly sane. Just listened to your latest episode, and I was reminded of my own Glitch in the Matrix story that I'd completely forgotten about. It's probably happened around 2005. My elementary school planned an annual ski trip at a hill about 40 miles away. I would drive along the same highway at least once a week to visit my grandparents with my mother, so I was fairly familiar with the sights along this drive. After this particular ski trip, we were on the bus to go home and I was staring out the window at the winter scenery. We started to pass a church that I've seen countless times and even attended and I noticed it looked completely different. I then realized that all the women were wearing modest black dresses and those weird little black hats with the veils and the men were dressed in early 20th century attire. I noticed an antique style car parked out front that somehow looked brand new at the same time. After a minute of staring out this window and passing the church, I clued into the fact that I had straight up caught a glimpse of a very long past funeral. Years later, I told my mom, who informed me that seeing a vision of a funeral procession was a bad omen, but nothing ever happened afterwards. I did some research on the church and found a photo that looked almost identical to what I saw that day, minus the funeral goers. I think it was less of an omen and more of a residual haunting or glitch, flashback, who the heck knows. It was a pretty strange experience, and even though I forgot about it until right now, I can still vividly picture every detail. Stay home and wash your hands, Court. Thank you, Court. (laughs) And go to all of the Haunted AF social media pages. Go to hauntedaf.com, and we'll share the pictures, because she has a picture of what the church looks like today, and then Uh what the church looked like in old times. 
Don't you feel like this has happened to lots of people and they don't really, yeah. it's just like her, they hear the story and they're like, oh yeah, I had something weird like that happen once. It's like she went back in time. Like that brief little moment of seeing this glitch in the matrix, a little, what, yeah. do, what do they say? The thinning of the veil, just that peek back. I want one of those. I know, right? Me too. The more we hear glitch in the matrix stories, the more I'm like, I really want to experience something like that. As long as it's not something like you wake up and there's dinosaurs everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. That could be kind of fun too. No, no. <laughs> You count deja vu as like a glitch in the matrix. I don't know, but you got a Bigfoot story. That's right. Bigfoot story. What, what from Kim? Kim says, my Bigfoot story happened in the 80s. Cue the cheesy music. She doesn't say that. I just added that in for fun. Uh, I was maybe nine or 10 and my sister was around 12. We lived in rural Missouri in the middle of 40 acres of woods and an old apple orchard. We were outside raking the yard because our parents were at work and that was one of our chores for the day. We also had several big dogs all of which started barking and going absolutely crazy. We heard something crashing in the woods and smelled something that I can only explain as rotten garbage. By now, the dogs were at the edge of the woods going crazy. Then suddenly they took off running after whatever it was. So my sister and I, we went to the edge of the yard to look. And what I will call Bigfoot came running past us with all of our dogs chasing him. He kind of looked in our direction and we threw our rakes down, ran back into the house, locked ourselves inside for the rest of the day, and never saw it again. The creature was gigantic, covered in brown matted hair, and just looked scary as. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Hell. So we've got Jason Hawes from Ghost Nation on the phone, and I'm so excited. I'm like nervous. So I hope I don't completely botch this interview. My co-host Rebecca can't be with us because she's still working her morning show right now. First of all, Jason, congratulations on season two. Thank you so much. And uh, there's no reason to be nervous. I'm one of the most down-to-earth people you'll, you'll deal with. So don't worry about that. Well, I have a tendency to screw up interviews, like record a whole interview and then delete it afterwards by accident. So that's probably what I'm most nervous about. But when Whenever you were bringing back Ghost Nation, you had things that you wanted to change. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah. I did my other show for 12 years, and the only reason it stopped was because I walked away. I mean, I just needed to get away and spend some family time. They initially asked me to take the helm on that. And after finding out that they wanted to go out and do a casting call for other individuals and not bring back original members, I just felt it, it definitely wasn't for me. Um, Travel Channel and, and Discovery had asked me numerous times if I'd be willing to do a show. So when I decided to come back, I sat down with them and told them that if I do another show, I want to be able to show people the full investigation. I don't want time limits. I don't want somebody telling me, all right, but you got to be in this other state and this day. So we, we got to get out of here. I wanted to be able to show people from the start to the finish, no matter how long that took and show them pretty much every little thing we, we did in an investigation. We're putting uh, pieces of a puzzle together so you can see the big picture. And they loved it. They said, you know what? No pressure. Take as long as you need. 
do it the way you guys want to do. And that's what we did. We decided to come back to television. And I think it's been great. I mean, the fans have loved it. We've kept it real. Uh, all the fans have followed over. I mean, the first season of the show was record shattering. And we greatly appreciate that. It's the support of everybody tuning in that's made the show a success. And we know that. And I got to say, watching The Witching Tree last night, it is amazing. Let's go ahead and talk about this house. How did you find these people? Well, our website still, and we receive about 90 million visitors per year. We get about a thousand case requests. Um, but we get case requests also from all different investigators that are looking for an extra hand to come in. Maybe they're not able to use enough equipment or get as far in the research as we're able to do. But Glenda and Steve own the home in Big Liverville, Pennsylvania. They're newlyweds. And they were having a lot of paranormal activity that had been going on in the house and on the property. One of the things on the property was there was a rumor throughout the town that this random tree in the middle of the field was a witching tree. And a lot of people, when they think of a witching tree, they, they think instantly of Salem. But people don't realize that there was this whole other way certain individuals handle things. If somebody was labeled a witch, they wouldn't kill the person. They would bury them in the ground face down and plant a tree on top of them in hopes that if the person did wake up, that their spirit would dig the wrong way to get out. And if it did realize it was digging the wrong way, that the tree would hold it in. So we went there, we heard all their claims, set up the equipment, figured we'd call in a couple of different cadaver dogs uh, independently, uh, one at a time, so they didn't alert each other, and just let them randomly run the field and let us know if they picked up anything so we could debunk that really quick. In doing so, that opened up a serious can of worms because multiple dogs all marked the same spot, same tree, and we had to have the state police involved. It became an active crime scene, and uh, we were there for a couple of weeks. It took that long to make sure that we were able to figure out what was going on and really help them. And they're such incredible people. They really are. And uh, they were extremely happy with what we were able to find out, let alone the evidence. And to be honest with you, I, I'm still talking with them today just because they're just incredible people. They truly are. Well, this whole episode, and I'm glad you mentioned the cadaver dogs, like any show that includes cadaver dogs and luminol, that's like something I definitely want to watch. But the witching tree itself, it reminded me of the tree from the first Conjuring movie. It almost looked like a movie prop. It was so scary and perfect and beautiful right there in the middle of that field. And when you told the story behind it, it's just incredible. And talking about the people who live there, one of the experiences that they had, these apparitions of a man and a woman that that they both experienced inside the house. Right. The male apparition approached the man as he was cutting apples and actually spoke to him. He said, that's women's work. We just had a story on the podcast where a woman, she's a female detective in California, was being oppressed by this spirit. And she really felt that it was this angry man who didn't like the fact that she was doing a man's job. And he was threatening. He was throwing doors open when she was trying to use the bathroom at night, messing with her when she was in bed. Have you experienced that before? Where ghosts are sitting back being judgy about someone's current life. Well, yes, we have. And of course, we look at it now, we're like, oh, that's just wrong. Why would a ghost say that? Well, because 60, 70, 100 years ago, that's exactly the mentality that w that was going on. If you think about it, it was the woman at that time, it was common for the woman to stay home and, and handle the house affairs and take care of the children. And the man was out doing his thing. It's not until you know the last so many years, of course, that that's changed. And we've really stopped looking at that because everybody's equal. And we know that. I mean, I, I I've got three daughters, man. I want them to be 100% independent and be able to do and to never need a man in their life. And that's the way we've always raised them. Mm -hmm. um, back then, that was a common 
thing. So it sort of lets you know, all right, well, then that's got to be 40 plus years ago. So it also helps you lock in certain time ideas on when the activity could be. Steve did have that experience and Glenda got the impression from that man when she had seen him as well. And they're just such honest people. I mean, Glenda actually worked for the country uh, and uh, Steve was was a police officer as well. You think the least thing they'd want to do is call people into their home thinking that "Ah, these people are going to think I'm crazy. No, they reached out and they needed help. Uh, You said you've kept in touch with them. Are they still experiencing things? Have they found anything else on the property? I mean, just their property in general, the tunnels. What else are they experiencing right now? Well, they've still experienced other types of activity, but they also understand it now and they're not frightened by it. Um, But there's just so much stuff that goes on there let alone the activity we caught there, which uh, is kind of mind-blowing as well. Yeah, you caught like a whole season's worth of activity just in this one house. And they're in the barn. There was the kids, like the kids' voices, kids playing with balls. Did you ever figure out what that could have been? Because you found names and histories for who could potentially be these male and female apparitions. But what about the kids? Yeah, actually, later on, we did find that the family who used to own the property across the road initially owned part of that, and they had children that were known to be over there playing in that area. And we had no idea. And and that's another nice thing because we're not doing that research until we get there and we are investigating. So to find something like that, which all of a sudden you're able to you have these experiences and then in your research, you're able to connect that with the property. That just brings so much more credibility than some people who go out and research property prior and then get this stuff. It's it's so nice, again, putting those pieces of the puzzle together so you're able to see this big picture. So what else is coming up in season two of Ghost Nation? We've got some great locations. At one point, we're going to be in Warwick, New York. We get called in by an international soccer star who bought an old prison. They're actually converting it into a, an international training facility, and they've had all different types of activity that were going on there. I mean, actually, in some of these episodes, you're going to see some past investigators that we've worked with throughout the years come and assist. So people are going to love that as well. And I've got my daughter, uh, two of my daughters helped me on an, an investigation. But uh, at one point, we're in Waynesville, Ohio, for a family who bought an old church and have been converting it to a house and a place of business. And we're dealing with some incredible activity. Do you ever feel like anything follows you or stays with you from these investigations? Honestly, no. I, I'd be perfectly content if something did because I, I mean, I can investigate from the comfort of my own couch. But um, I've never had anything follow me. And some people go in and they, they do their blessing or their, their ritual try to keep themselves clean. And that's fine. I, I totally respect everybody's belief system, but I never want to go into a situation where I have something that my faith and security is in that if I lose, I feel vulnerable. So I've always been one of those people where I think your, your power is inside of you to protect yourself. So out of all these people that are hitting up your website who are having activity at their home, what's the criteria you're looking for before you say, okay, we're coming to your house? Well, if somebody needs help, it, and there's really no criteria because whether it's paranormal or not, we want to assist. The nice thing is that we have 76 bases across the country and 14 uh, other countries. So we're able, if somebody has something going on and they're frightened, if there's children involved, of course, that jumps to the front of the list, but we can get a group out to them to find out what's going on. I mean, if our assistance is needed, then we'll gladly come out and help them, whether it's on camera or not. It doesn't matter because even off camera, we, we investigate. So we're there to help, whether it's paranormal or not, we're there to help. And I think that's what it's all about. Jason Hawes, Ghost Nation, congratulations on season two. Anytime you guys want to talk about an investigation or anything you have coming up, please let Haunted AF know because we're backing you 100%. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your time and uh, you stay safe out there during this crazy time. Oh, thank you. You too. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. You too. All right. Bye-bye.
All right, guys, thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out our website, hauntedaf.com. We've got new blogs, goodies, stickers. Go buy a sticker. They're only like three bucks. And of course, we always need your ghost stories, which we've got none. Zero. Zero. Seriously, please. (laughs) So if you would like us to continue telling your ghost stories and listening to your voice memos, please email us at hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. You know what's going to be a good day? I mean, other than the day that we can actually go out and like eat a pizza and have a glass of wine together. (laughs) We got to see each other face to face rather than Zoom. You know what will be great is when we're walking down a street one day and we see a haunted AF sticker on a pole that we did not put there. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Oh, oh, I, I long for that moment. And as we said last week, we have extended this season. Usually at this point in time, we would be taking a big juicy break, but because everybody is stuck at home during the quarantine, we're gonna keep sharing stories, but really that does mean that we need some additional help. Mm-hmm. Please, we'll take yeah. secondhand ghost stories. We'll take the I time know. that you thought it was a ghost, but it was just a towel hanging over your door. <laughs> Any of those stories, please send them to us and we'll share them all on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.